That's right, everybody. This is the TSN podcast number two on a Monday afternoon. You're probably listening on Monday. However, this was recorded on Sunday, and I think we need to start this one off with a little apology. Uh, last week's show was an abomination. If you made it through all the way, we were just completely off. Some kind of. I, I think we were just um, off. The quality was bad. The content it was shaky. But the delivery, um, we were not good. No, I don't and think we were. We'll own up to that. We were not um, very good at all. And so I think we're going we're gonna to start you off with a much better show this week. we got a little bit of the mix going for you. We're going to talk MSU football later. We're going to talk also on some of the MSU sports, give you a little update of what's going around on campus. And we're also going to give you a little bit of the Big Ten NCAA landscape after week one. I know Mr. Harrison has a little bit of a... Uh, some problems going on what he thinks is uh, what he thinks is going on and what he sees what he thinks will be a problem for the NCAA uh, going on in the next couple of weeks we'll also give you our chump and champ and silent assassin from Michigan State's victory over Furman uh, we'll get into that one a little bit later and then as always we'll give you our Monday and Friday well I guess we did it on Friday but today is Monday we'll give you the Monday hot takes for the upcoming week and from a little bit of a recap i know mine is a little bit of a recap from the weekend and how i think msu will fare but mr harrison doesn't know however he knew last week but he doesn't know this week i know he's got something in store for me and then we'll give you a little bit of big 10 predictions some msu predictions for the rest of the year and then we'll give you our weekly power rankings where we'll rank the top five big 10 teams and then we'll rank what we think are the top 10 teams in the nation so without further ado uh, we're going to go to a little bit of break. You'll come back and you'll hear the news rundown. All right, welcome back, and let's talk about a surprising weekend. Week one of the college football season hailed as the greatest opening weekend of college football. I concur. Yeah, I would I would say as well that it probably was one of the best ones, and it's not even over yet. If you're listening to this on Monday, there's still another game going on. Uh, number 11, Ole Miss and Florida State. And uh, we didn't get to see Florida Texas State. and Notre Dame because we were recording this in the middle of a Sunday. So that one might have shaken out just as well as in terms of an upset. We've got... Uh, Let's fight around the country with some of these scores. Uh, Western Michigan tops Northwestern 22-21. minutes of time of possession for Western and P.J. Fleck as they roll the boat all over Northwestern. Up and down the field in a shocking upset that I think was called in this very radio show. It was. I think by me and Casey it was called. And then the Broncos, Zach Terrell. Went 26 of 36 for 218 yards passing and threw for a touchdown in that shocking victory. But that would have been the game of the day had it not been for some key matchups, some primetime matchups that produced some even better results. So let's get into that one. Houston, number 15, the Cougars, 33 points. Oklahoma, 22. Oklahoma, favored to get back to the college football playoff, gets dumped. In NRG Stadium in Houston by 10 points. Houston makes a statement for those group of five conferences, uh, battling back from 10 to 3 down. Uh, and that, that game included a kick six, a beautiful 109-yard return by Brandon Wilson, and then a missed 53-yard field goal uh, that would have put Oklahoma up 20 to 19 cause of that one. A beautiful run back. He, he leapt over his own guy as well on that one, uh, scored that one. And so... 
put them out front, twenty six to seventeen. R I P. That was it. Um, I don't yeah, know what, what you doing I, there. We're throwing some things around in this uh, in the uh, office here. You want to act like an of, adult? I think we do need to act like an adult a little bit here. Let's see, let's get you on to the next game of the week. Uh, Michigan obviously rules Hawaii sixty three to three. If you didn't watch that game, you didn't really miss very much, or could you really take away from much of anything? However, Michigan burned sixteen red shirts for sixteen true freshmen. Now, sixteen. Um, Wolverines, uh, the Wolverines named Wilton Spite also as their starting quarterback. With 16 freshmen get to play in that game over Hawaii, burning 16 red shirts. Uh, Going to be a cause for concern later on in Big Ten play if uh, nothing really pans out for Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines. Uh, Wilton Spite in his debut threw a pick on his first ever college <laughs> starting pass. Uh, went 10 for 3 with 145 yards and 3 10 touchdowns. For three? 10 for 3, yeah. 10, 10 of 13, excuse me. 10 of 13 for 145 yards, 3 touchdowns. And then Chris Elvins, the running back, got some time after Davion Smith went down. He ran on 8 carries for 112 yards, including 2 touchdowns. Uh, but that would be it for Michigan and Hawaii. And then on the shocking, I think the first shocking game outside of Houston and Oklahoma was number 6, or not number 16, Wisconsin put 16 points up on the board against LSU, who only scored 14. LSU and Leonard Fournette going to Lambeau Field, kind of sent limping back all the way to Baton Rouge. That one, uh, final 16-14, like I said, Fournette only racking up 138 yards on 23 carries, but he was kept quiet on the end zone. And then a last-minute interception seals the deal for the Badgers. Um, they surprised a lot of people. Did you see that, that hit not, right after the yeah, interception, uh, too? That as well. That was be, a cheap shot, but, man, that was a hit. He's got to be sore. Oh, yeah. I I don't know exactly what happened to him, but it was and a he got right hit. up after that. Yeah, 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 he did. What but, uh, a trooper. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then that interception in the last minute, I think, is going to surprise a lot of people for Wisconsin in terms of where they're going to finish in the Big Ten. I think a lot of people are going to have to rethink some of their Big Ten rankings, some of their Big Ten power rankings. I know we're going to give some today. Might have a little surprise there with uh, Bucky and the Badgers. Uh, and then Texas A&M, 31 UCLA, number 16 in the country, 24. In overtime. Yeah, the overtime. Well, the Aggies stunned the Bears in College Station. A wacky back-and-forth contest ended in overtime, as Mr. Harrison pointed out. Uh, Texas A&M punched in an option replay on fourth and goal, a beautiful attempt where he juked out two offensive linemen, walked waltz right into the end zone. Uh, UCLA's Josh Rosen couldn't pick up uh, a touchdown pass to tie it on his fourth down attempt, fourth and Almost fourth and goal. Fourth down attempt. Didn't work. And then the big game of the night, and if you didn't think Alabama could reload, and if you hadn't been paying attention for a bunch of years, Alabama puts the beat down on USC 52-6. to A couple of pity field goals for USC. Actually, USC went up 3 nothing early in the first quarter, but a pity field goal later in the third quarter. 52-6. Uh, to A little bit of a spanking by Bama. Uh, Jalen Hurts, named quarterback for Alabama, or not named Alabama, quarterback before the game, but comes in, uh, delivers. He delivers a big one, with including two touchdown passes to our Darius Stewart that kind of turned the game around. And so Bama rolls, no surprise there. And then the game of the night that could have went the other way for the number one two team, Clemson beats Auburn. That was Nin- a close game. That was a close game. 19-13, to 13, Clemson ekes out the victory on the Plains in Alabama at Auburn. The victory behind Deshaun Watson's 2014, or 2014, wow, 2014, 
248 yards, passing in a touchdown, including 100 of set of 174 of those passing yards to receiver Mike Williams, who returned from a neck injury that cost him all of last season. Auburn had chances to put it away late, but Clemson decided to go for it on fourth and 17 instead of the field goal, and then on a Hail Mary attempt to either tie the game and win the game, uh, fell just short in a beautiful swat down by the Clemson's safety. So that'll do it for your college scores around the country. I know there's a couple. There's a game tonight, Texas and Notre Dame. That one's in Austin, 7 p.m., number 10 Notre Dame, traveling to the Longhorns. And then on Monday night, so if you're listening to this on Monday, which you are, you won't get that score until Friday. Same with the Texas one. We won't talk about those till Friday. But, Wait a second, uh, I would though. expect, like as we called, I had Notre Dame, Harrison had Notre Dame, and then we both had Florida State, so that should tell you a little bit of something. But we could be wrong because I don't think we did very well with the picks this week. We did not. But you can't forget about number nine, Tennessee, almost losing. Oh, the to Appalachian, Appalachian State. State. I didn't even forget. I forgot to put that one in there. I don't 20 know. Twenty to thirteen. My show prep was bad this week. Yeah, come uh, on. Are you are you even ready? <laughs> uh, I would say. Uh, I don't know. Joshua Dobbs with one hundred ninety two yards. In, um, in the did you watch the touchdown play with Joshua Dobbs? They yeah. were, they jumped over the line there and got almost cost him the game right there. So Appalachian Gotta State risk it for almost, the biscuit. Appalachian State almost picks up the big. Uh, upset victory they, there. They like to spoil the party for and, uh, people. Oh, yeah. And then the Vols fans, I was reading some of those comments after, were saying, oh, just how good Appalachian State is, uh, not really realizing their team is overrated and uh, cost them, almost cost themselves the game. So that is our weekend around the college football scores. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to Mr. Harrison for some MSU athletics right out of the break. Welcome back, everybody. Let's take you to uh, some of the new stuff. Remember, this is recorded on Sunday afternoon, so I'll take you through some of the sports going on around campus that are non-football. Um, volleyball, getting uh, getting ready to take on number seven, Florida, um, in day number two of the Spartan Invitational. Yesterday, they beat both CMU and Morgan State, um, swept each of the series, uh, they had a lot of good things to show there. They'll be pulling for the upset. And then going across campus to DeMartin Soccer Stadium, that score was just finalized. CMU tops MSU 2-1. to one. Um, Jamie Rademacher, I probably butchered that. Let me just get out the meat cleaver. She scores for CMU to lead things off. And then Alexis Palafas, she scores goal number two. Hey, that's the name. I, I'm just reading it. I don't, I don't make up the names. And then Marissa Olkasik, she scores for MSU off a penalty kick, but that's all the Spartans could muster. So, yeah, that'll do it for scores around the campus. They've got games coming up, but we can get into that shortly. Up next, Stephen and I get into the mix. Welcome back, everybody. TSN Podcast here. My name is Casey Harrison. And before we get into our Big Ten rankings, let's talk about what we saw with Michigan State football. Um, I'm going to be pretty blunt here. I mean, it felt like an upset against Furman. Um, they, the Spartans got the win, but it was not a very convincing win. If I had to give them a letter grade, I would give them a C, 
um, to be generous, but I would probably lean towards a C minus. And here's where you and I differ. You will give them a C minus. I went with a B. Minus. B. I went with a B minus. Um, I think MSU football uh, on the right track with behind uh, the play of Tyler O'Connor uh, with 13 of 18 for what? How many yards? 190 yards and, and three touchdown passes. That's the offensive side of the ball. I think uh, MSU and Furman. There's def. There's definitely. Uh, I think some parity on Furman's side. There's a lot of parity. That's the big word I think throughout college football from the weekend. But uh, MSU football, uh, how close they were. I gave them a B minus. Uh, kind of an awful performance because everybody wants the big points. You want the big points. I know you want the big points. See, and that's that's why they get the C because you get teams do like they need Ohio to, State. Do they need to blow teams out, though? No, you don't, but if you want to be returning to the college football playoff, returning to the Big Ten championship, then you need to put up well, here's, sparkling here's, numbers. Here's what I'm going to throw mean, at you. Results are results, and they got the win. That's but, the bottom however, line. However, remember the year Ohio State went to the um, – to the college football player, beat Alabama. Who'd they lose to? I don't even Virginia know that. Tech. Virginia Tech. Uh, they lost to Virginia Tech. I can't remember the score. Convincing, and not can I wouldn't say it was kind of convincing fashion. They lost, I think, by two scores, by a touchdown at least. Um, they lost by a, by a touchdown at least, and so it, it, everybody wrote them off though. And you can write MSU off by by win, barely winning this one, but they're better than I think they were on the field. And it's not be trying to be a butt boy or anything like that. MSU football's offense was going to be fine. They didn't they threw they were conservative. I would say they were conservative. They were conservative because they, they, they don't they didn't they, take any shots on the field. That they don't want to show Notre Dame anything. That's very um, true. And, Dan and with that, I mean that. there are, are a lot of good things to take away, but before I get into that, I don't think the defensive line played really well at all. Say, let me, let me um, yeah, explain there me a lot exactly of, what your grade entails and, and why well, why you give them the defensive C-. line didn't really play well at all. Um, they, there were a lot of undisciplined penalties, um, 10 penalties for 120 yards. Those those are mistakes that are inexcusable. They'll clean themselves up, but if you do that against Notre Dame or Michigan or Ohio State, you're not going to win those games. And here's the thing is it's the first game. Yeah. And you can get away game. with those against a team like this because ultimately talent is going to win out at the end. Yeah. Um, and then there were just a couple other things. Um, Tyler O'Connor, he he was good, but it took him a little bit to get the ball rolling. Um, well, the well the first drive they, they all they did was run. Yeah, um, and then other than that, he had three touchdowns, but they didn't come until well he had the one in the second quarter, but um, the the other two, the the drives in the first half just seemed really lackluster. Well, the, the first um, drive, all they did was just hand it off to L.J. Scott, and there and it goes. That's, and that's what they could have done all game. However, they I don't know whether, whether they were trying other things. In, well, they, they, the penalties won. Was, was, so if you set yourself up with third and 17, uh, you're never you're not going to yeah. pick up those first. Now, I don't care really who you're playing, if you're, especially if you're playing conservative, you're not going to take a 20-yard shot. And yeah. when they did take a 21, or tried to take a shot down the field, they had Felton Davis in the end zone on a post route. Would have been totally fine. Uh, Connor didn't see it, though. But some of the good things that they did, L.J. Scott, he was just a beast in that game. 108 yards, um, total, not in total, but in gain. Um, netted 105 with one touchdown. Monty Medeiros looked really good. Um, he did. I, I thought on that one play, the, the swing pass, the five-yard swing pass, cut it up the field. I don't know if he established himself yards. as the go-to guy for no, O'Connor. I don't think he. I don't think he is, and I don't think he will be. But he could. Was, he could be a really good number two. Oh yeah, for R.J. Shelton especially, because especially if R.J. Shelton gets double team back on deep balls or, or anything like that. But 
RJ Shelton will probably be the go-to once he gets back. He obviously only took a series, and all they did was run. Uh, Felton Davis, um, he looked he looked all right. I nothing, think he's going to be good. I think because he's got the size. He's nothing too eye popping from him. No, I don't think he, he weren't going to see anything. Again, I expected that. a little bit more out of Donnie Corley. I I called it close and conservative for a reason. Uh, yeah. Besides, I think everybody other counterparts, the media, even I was only like a few points away from them. But yeah, at least I had Furman scoring more than three points. <laughs> I think on special teams, Hartberger looked pretty good. Um, yeah, his punting was placed his punts good. really well. Geiger, uh, he missed the one field goal, but that's bygones be bygones. Oh, that's also Michael Geiger, if you haven't been paying attention for yeah. so many years. He's just going to miss uh, practically every one he yeah. takes. Um, then, then he, he's going to miss all of those. He's going to miss all those easy ones, where, especially in a game like this, and then you put him last second against... Yeah, Ohio against State. Ohio State, and he cranks one the right down the middle. Field goal it's the best field goal I've career. ever seen him kick, and not because of the result, but just like how he kicked it. And then I watch him in a game against Furman, and he can't kick a field goal. Another thing I like to pat MSU on the back for is the secondary. Um, Andrew Dowell with that really big interception. That was, right. However, that was that's a linebacking. That's core, a though. top ten play. It's a linebacking core though, not the secondary. The defense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, close enough to the secondary. Right. That was that was in the transition Darian of the Hicks secondary. Is, though, I think Darian Hicks is too, um, too, what, there's two throw, or there's two pass interference calls. One, I think, was yeah. warranted. The other, I don't think so. Um, but yeah, the one he was kind of just, he got tangled up. and Yeah, oh, yeah. It, it's something he should be more so aware of his surroundings. Right, it, it's odd from a senior like that, but then Darian Hicks has always been the guy everybody picks on. Yeah. Uh, Secondary-wise, and then in the media as well. But not really unwarranted either. He's, I think he's got he's got big playmaking ability, and you and you saw it when Furman tried to punch a couple in on that that one where they forced the fourth down goal and made him kick. The, I think their second field goal of the game that they stood there. Um, the only the only thing that concerns me with Tyler O'Connor is his where he on his pick. Some of his totally throws looked a little down, short too. He, yeah, he totally stared down. Um, he totally stared down Josiah Price, and it allowed the guy to pick him off rather easily. But Shout out to Andrew McDowell for that one. He saved the Spartans to save their game. So, I, Casey is, is like I said. I mean, they got the win, but it the way you felt after the game, it felt like an upset. It did. Yeah, it was it, not a very it does convincing not feel like win. A win. I don't think it leaves any of the fans with a with a, a good feeling in their stomach at all. Uh, Casey, but is Michigan State overrated? Michigan State. Um, I it's still only week one, so I'm not going to say that they're overrated. They got to the playoff last year. They deserve a high ranking. Um, and they, they won in week one. So I think num- like week number three, because they have the bye week this week, it's going to be their biggest test of the year. It's going to be the tone setter. Um, because if they win against Notre Dame, that proves that they're a top 10 school and that they're a contender to get back into the playoff and win the Big Ten. But if they don't, they're going to have themselves in a hole and they're going to be trying to get themselves back out of the hole all season long. Do you th- let's let's get into our like what we like to little call our little game here is Chump Champ and Silent Assassin. Uh, who is your champ this weekend? Um, well, when we were doing show prep, I was kind of confused. I thought you were talking about like across the Big Ten, oh, across no, nationally. I'm talking about the game because my champ was Wisconsin, my chump was Oklahoma. Um, but as far as the team goes, I think the champ has to be L.J. Scott. Um, the way he played, I mean, it was just impeccable. He. He was probably the highlight out of all of the offensive players. Um, I think your chump is the D-line, 
because they, they just missed plays. They missed tackles. They tackled high. They didn't really tackle them low. Um, that allowed Furman to make some big running plays. And I think the silent assassin, Monty Medeiros, um, he had a big game, but he wasn't really recognized for it. And I, I'm going to give him a gold star. He gets a smiley sticker. And if you hear this crinkling in the background, it's uh, me throwing away my chump and champ. Yeah, why don't you... said the same thing I did, except my silent assassin, Tyler O'Connor, looked uh, very poised and looked very calm leading that offense. I think he showed you why um, he was number one quarterback, also named McCathin. And like I predicted, just off by a quarter, I said you would see uh, why Tyler O'Connor is the number one quarterback with a little corner pass to a tight end. Uh, he actually threw two touchdowns to tight ends this week. Threw one uh, to Jamal Lyles, but that is not the one I'm talking about. Throws the one to Josiah Price in that third quarter. Uh, saved them, I think, or probably put them ahead. They put, they put them ahead for good um, with a little little catch there. Uh, same kind of play I used to see Connor Cook and Josiah Price run. Just time with Tyler O'Connor. Under threw the ball a tad, but not enough uh, to cause any concerns. And so, that Tyler O'Connor, my silent assassin. Uh, that will be it, and I think... Um, when we come back, we'll talk. We'll give you our hot takes for the week. I know Harrison doesn't know what's coming. I got no idea what he's bringing. Let's get back to it. Colin, I bet Alabama misses the college football playoff. I don't trust Cardell Jones in his second start ever. To go up against an, uh, a Nick Saban defense with extended time, I think it could get ugly too. I think Alabama wins comfortably. Sure, the Heisman Trophy race sort of begins and ends right now with Denard Robinson. What are your latest predictions now? Who's got Utah? Not BJ. Mm-mm, I got Ohio State. I have Ole Miss, Georgia. They won't be there next week. And Notre Dame. <laughs> I don't get <laughs> Welcome back again. It's This is the State News Podcast. I'm Stephen Oshansky. That's Casey Harrison. Glad to have you along on a Monday afternoon. And now we're going to get into what we call our hot takes. Is probably one of my favorite times of the week. I know we only done it once on Friday, but I liked how it was done. And so, Mr. Harrison, I think I'm not even going to let you talk for this one. I'm going, oh. to go, I'm going to go right ahead and give you my hot take, and that is MSU finishes this season with four losses. I, I can see that. that Did you we, see that one coming? We might be going towards the same place. Oh, well, this isn't good. I don't like that. But MSU, I think, finishes with four losses, um, not because of what I saw against Furman, but because of what I see across the country. Not that I am worried about Michigan. Not that I'm worried about Ohio State in terms of their offense on the number of points that they put on the board. I am more concerned with, Michigan State's defensive line and how it's going to be handled or how it's going to give pressure to anybody. And I think I can write all those four all losses off for you right now. And that let's, is going let's to save be, those no, though for let's the predictions. Not, let's not save that for those predictions. I'm just going to give it to you right now with those four losses uh, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Ohio State, and Michigan. The Jim Harbaugh Bingo, right brings there. his khakis into uh, East Lansing, gets the job done. Urban Meyer does the same. Notre Dame uh, takes care of business under the lights of Touchdown Jesus, and Wisconsin uh, comes in ready to go and prove that why they can win the Big Ten title and just continue the MSU Wisconsin trend of reaching the Big Ten title game pretty much every other year. That's it for you on my hot take. Over to Mr. Casey Harrison. 
Well, I can't really add much to it because you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, I, my hot take was that Wisconsin will beat Michigan State. Um, I, I thought I might have jumped the gun and kind of joined the Wisconsin bandwagon after they defeated LSU. But Wisconsin has a really tough schedule. Um, and they have a four-game stretch, probably one of the f- toughest four-game stretches, not only in the Big Ten, but in the country. Um, they take on Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, and OSU all which, four weeks in a row without a bye. Which ones are on the road? I think Michigan, Michigan and Michigan State are on Michigan, the road. Michigan, um, hold on, just one second. I'm pretty second. sure they're both on the road. Yeah. So um, Michigan, State, Michigan State is on the road. Michigan is on the road. Ohio State is at home, and then Iowa is on the road. Finally, get to see another Ohio State Wisconsin matchup. That's going to be just a tough schedule. Back to back um, to good Big Ten football. <laughs> yeah, but Wisconsin's not going to go completely unscathed. I think they they lose at least two of those games, um, but they win one. I have them going nine and three to finish out the year, but they could very easily go ten and two. Um, because I think Michigan and Michigan State are both on equal playing fields. Um, I think those are games that you call could go any way. Um, but yeah, that's that's what my hot take is. We're cruising right along here on this Sunday afternoon. You're listening to this on a Monday. This is the State News Podcast. I'm Stephen Oshansky and Casey Harrison joining me here. We are going to give you our Big Ten predictions for the year. We didn't do it for a show. We want to give you a different taste of uh, things we will cover, but we'll give you uh, our Big Ten predictions. So, Mr. Harrison, I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to need you to give me the Big Ten East and Big Ten West, both from 7 to 1. So, your worst team all the way to your champ of the division. Uh, give me the Big Ten West first. Go for it. Big Ten West. So, the team that's going to be coming in last place right now, I think, is Northwestern. They had a good season last year, but they didn't get off on the right foot against Western Michigan. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I would agree with you there. However, I don't have them there for Ooh. my spot. I do think they'll have a bad year. However, I don't have them last. Uh, I would just just rattle off the next six. Give me like a short sentence. Keep okay. rattling them off. Go. Illinois is going to finish sixth. Purdue number five. Number four is Minnesota. Number three, Nebraska. Number two, Wisconsin. And number one will be Iowa. I have Iowa going 11-1, and one, winning the Big Ten, and going to the college football playoff. Wow. So give me, give me your Big East teams now. Who, who, I actually, let me go back to that. You got a little bit of a shocker there. You were on the Wisconsin bandwagon a little bit, and then you give me Wisconsin finishing second to Iowa. Yes. Um, I'm going to elaborate a little bit. I think on Wisconsin, Bart Houston, the quarterback, he has a good arm, and he displayed that against LSU. Um, and Corey Clement, he's a really good running back, but he doesn't stack up to anybody that Iowa has. C.J. Beathard, he's he's one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten, um, maybe even in the country. You can make that conversation. Ooh, wow. And the thing about Iowa, uh, nobody really talks about Iowa, but nobody left That's also in true. terms of graduation or moving to the NFL. That's also true. So yeah. they have a very similar team as to what they had a year ago. Now, now give me those Big Ten East. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to predict your number seven is uh, the uh, unfathomable school out of New Jersey, Rutgers. Yes. Am I right? Oh, there it is. So give me your next six. 
I got Maryland. Maryland, I'm sorry. Maryland, yeah. Yeah, that's Maryland. Uh, coming in at number six. Then we got Penn State. Then Indiana. Ooh. Indiana's a sneaky good school. I don't know. That's also true. I would I would have to agree with that. They, Go they for it. Very give close me, game against me, Michigan last year. Give me those top three. Top three is going to be Michigan. Michigan number one. No, Michigan Ooh, number three. three. <laughs> Are you sure you didn't take your slappy pills before this one? Yes. All right. Michigan State, number two. And then I kind of jumped the gun when I talked about Big Ten West. Um, I said that Iowa was going to be in the college football playoff. I meant Ohio State because they're my number one. <laughs> oh, boy. So there you have it. Uh Mr. Casey Harrison gives you his predictions of how the landscape will shape out in the Big Ten. Now, let me give you mine. I'm going to go with the Big Ten West first as well. So, let me give you from seven up. Who's number seven? Number seven, the Purdue Boilermakers. I could see that. Don't have a good year. Didn't have a good year last year. They're not uh, uh, anywhere as better or improved. I'm going to give you them as number seven. Number six. Northwestern Wildcats. Go Cats, that is right. They are number six in my number five, Minnesota. Minnesota does not have an impressive year after having a sort of good year last year and almost upsetting the Michigan Wolverines. And then at number four, Nebraska. Nebraska. And now I'll give you the top three, that little shake-up right there. From the bottom up, Illinois at three, Wisconsin at two, and Iowa at one. They Iowa wins or reaches the Big Ten championship game for back-to-back years. However, I will hold off on who wins that one till I give you the Big Ten East. Uh, let me give you a reason why Illinois cracks the top three. Lovey Smith, I'm a huge believer. They racked up a 53-3 victory last uh, yesterday, actually, and so I'm a big believer in that I think he's turned. I think he will turn around that program, but I don't think they get it done enough. However, I do think they beat Nebraska this year. Oh, because they get Nebraska at home, or they could be on the road, and I could be completely wrong. And then I will have to eat my words later on in the year. So we're gonna save this one. I'm gonna make sure Harrison grills me at some point. So let me give you this Big Ten East uh, from the bottom up. Uh, just as I had called uh, Mr. Harrison's prediction, I have the same one. Rutgers at seven, Maryland at number six. Maryland. Mar- yeah, Maryland. The Terrapins at number six, Iowa. Hoosiers at five, Penn State at four, Ooh. Michigan State at three, Michigan at two, and the Ohio State Buckeyes reach it again after a year off. Uh, claim it again. This is going to keep flip-flopping between Michigan State and Ohio State every year. Uh, Ohio State going to reach the Big Ten Championship game, going to play Iowa, and Ohio State going to get it done again and reach the college football playoff. That is our Big Ten predictions. Harrison, any final comments or questions for me on my predictions? I think with Michigan and Michigan State, those are two very interchangeable schools. One would, of them is going to go 10-2. and two, The other is going to go 9-3. and three. Yep. Um, JT Barrett for Ohio State, absolute madman. <laughs> yeah, absolute um, madman. <laughs> we have one of those in the office. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, if he's listening, he gets that reference. Mike Weber, he's been really good. Uh, he had a good game against Bowling Green, but did. who wouldn't? Right. Um, <laughs> Michigan State, probably. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, Ohio State, they're just such an overpowering team. And the, the one of the biggest arguments I heard about them is that they don't have the roster. They do have the roster. Oh, yeah. The, the way they, they took the torch to them, I think they're going to uh, light up more teams. Probably not 77 to 10, but probably will beat a bunch of any of the uh, – opponents they face pretty badly so that will do it for our big 10 predictions for the year um when we come back so yeah when we do come back we'll give you our rank of our big 10 current 
current Big Ten Power Five, as well as our national top ten Power Five or Power Ten. Excuse yeah. me on that one. Uh, I'm eating something right now. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, Big Ten Power Five. I'll let Harrison go first when we come back, and then I'll give you uh, mine as well. So uh, there's a little shocker at number 10 in the national rankings. Stick tuned for that one. We'll be back right after this break. Number four, I've got Iowa. Uh, C.J. Beathard, they're going to be good again. However, I do think currently they're behind number three, Wisconsin, as well as number two, Michigan, and Ohio State at number one. So those are my Big Ten power rankings. Harrison, what about yours? Very similar, but not the same. Number five, I've got MSU, this very school. Um, They still have a lot of things to prove before they're a top three contender in the Big Ten. Um... Number four, I've got Wisconsin. I believe they, they're very much a contender. Um, they made a name for themselves in beating LSU, but they're not there yet because I think Iowa, number three, is going to beat them. Um, number two, I've got Michigan. They lay the beat down on Hawaii. But number one is OSU, Ohio State, JT Barrett, Mike Weber. I mean, they, they're the best team in the Big Ten by far, I think. I think if they were to go head-to-head against every other school in the Big Ten, they'd come out victorious every time. So, that leaves the top 25. The top 10 of the top 25. <laughs> a, little, a little nickname for the segment. Um, let's, let me guess what your top 10 are. I'll, let, I'll start with number one, and then we'll work our way down. All right, go for it. Number one. I don't think there's any surprise here. The number one team in the country and on Steven's list is Alabama. Yep, not a surprise. Alabama does take the number one slot on my national top ten power rankings. Haven't done anything to dissuade me that they are still the number one program that I have uh, ever seen in my lifetime. Alabama at number one. Casey, what is number two? The number two school on your list is also the number two school in the country, that would be Clemson. Yep, uh, that one, it can't dissuade me from that one either. Deshaun Watson had an impressive game, but I don't think uh, they're, they're at the level to win it just yet. Game one, obviously, not going to make too far a prediction after just one game. But Clemson is uh, definitely number two. They haven't dissuaded me from keeping them there. Number three, I know you're a smart college football guy. I know you're not going to keep Oklahoma in the top ten. No, sir. They fall from the pedestal. And Florida State moves up to take their place. Yes, sir. Florida State at number three was number four in the preseason rankings. Doesn't uh, change for me in terms of those two spots. Florida uh, State at number three. Let's see here. Number four, I think it's the best school in the Big Ten, Ohio State. Oh, yes, sir. That one is also well again. I'm sure you will get number five uh, thinking about it now. It's got to be the number two school in the Big Ten, Michigan. Yes, sir. And now I think it gets into this tricky spot, Mr. Harrison. Give me six through ten. Number six. Um, I've got a hunch, even though they haven't played yet, I'm going to go with Notre Dame. Uh, no, sir. Houston takes my number six spot, jumping up nine spots after the impressive wow. victory over Oklahoma. Uh, so that one is where I will keep them. Give me number seven. Number seven, I'm going to go with Stanford. Uh, yes, sir. That one is also correct. Stanford at seven uh, had only beat 
I mean, it wasn't only, an impressive only beat win. Kansas, Kansas State, not by uh, too much, but they still won. Uh, they haven't. Uh, if you keep winning, you can't really move down my rankings uh, too much. So there, that one is. They stay at seven. I'm gonna go number eight, Tennessee. No sir, number eight. Wow. Notre Dame at number eight. They move up, do some losses. Haven't seen them play yet. Obviously, we're taping on a Sunday, so we won't uh, Sunday morning afternoon. So we won't see them uh, tonight. But right now, they're at number nine. I think you're a slappy. Or at number eight. I am sorry. Wow. Number nine, I think you're a slappy. You put the Spartans at number nine. You wish I uh, put the Tennessee Volunteers. Had a rough game against uh, Appalachian State. Still won, and nobody behind them uh, did anything too impressive to jump over them. Uh, I keep them at nine. Now give me number ten. Is MSU in your top ten? Yes, they round out my top ten. MSU squeaks it at number ten thanks to some losses. They still beat Furman by more than two. They still beat Furman by more than two scores. Therefore, uh, they get to move up as with losses ahead of them. So let me get this straight. You put Wisconsin ahead of Michigan State in the Big Ten rankings. However, think about this. We're gonna. I'm trying to predict the rankings and how they are going to be turned out. Therefore, since Michigan State was ahead of Ohio or Wisconsin to start, and they only have that one big win, therefore, uh, currently, I do think Wisconsin will finish ahead of Michigan State later on in the year. Right now, I think Michigan State they didn't lose, so therefore, they can't be knocked out of the top ten that's currently going on. So, give me Harrison, your number one team and your national power rankings. It's Bama. Without a doubt. I mean, they lay the beat down on USC. And, I mean, <laughs> you said it earlier. That field goal that USC had later on in the game, it was out of pity. Therefore, I'm going to guess your number two is Clemson. Your number three is Florida State. Yes. Yes to both. Two f- I'm three for three now, right? Yes, Florida State correct. Three. Okay. And then Ohio State gets in at number four. Yes. Oh, and that is Michigan as well, number five. Oh, yes. Oh, well, you know, I guess I'm just, it just You're as good. You're on fire. You and know now, me. Let me, let me give you my number, let me think what your number six is. Your number six, Notre Dame. Oh, you got it. Oh, boy. I did get it. Why do you think number, Notre Dame is qualified to be number six? Because I'm going to play a little into the logic that you did. Um, they're already ranking, and they're ahead of Houston, I assume they take care of Texas, um, so they slide into the number six slot. Does that make Houston number seven? No. Oh, who's number seven? Number seven is Stanford. Stanford. Okay. You're buying into the McCaffrey as well. Yes, I'm buying in to the saplings. Um, <laughs> to the saplings. Yes. You're buying into the, the Stanford, Stanford McCaffrey brand saplings. Yes. <laughs> and then at number eight, I'm going to go with Tennessee. Yes. Ooh. Um, they, it, it looks shaky in doing so. They went to overtime against Appalachian State, but a win is a win. Um, they were a top 10 school and they still will be a top 10 school. Number eight, I'm going to go Houston. Number eight is Houston. Wow. Do we just do the number in a row? Um, yeah, because <laughs> I, so I, number looked, nine is I looked Houston. at my list, wow, I freaked out a little bad. bit. Um, <laughs> I, I, I said, Steven probably knows more than me. So no, don't, don't you dare cut that. I'm not cutting that. Don't worry. Okay. Um, so, yeah, um, I looked at my list. I'm like, uh, Stephen probably knows what he's talking about. He's smarter than I am. Um, but obviously he's not. So number nine, Houston. Is Houston. Elaborate. Wow. Uh, why am I elaborating? This one is yours. 
Um, so well, we, we have lost cabin pressure on this podcast show. I'm just going to go with number nine is is Houston, and then Butt Boy over here probably does not have Michigan State at 10 and probably has Washington at number 10. Washington? I have Wisconsin at Oh, 10. Wisconsin cracks the number 10, moves up all the way from not getting a vote in the top 25 to all the way into the top 10 with one victory over Wisconsin. You Mr. beat a Harrison. top five school, you're going to get rewarded very mightily. Um, I think, though, playing at Lambeau probably had a little bit to do with it. Mm-hmm. But oh, undoubtedly time, yes, yeah. yeah, undoubtedly yes. It probably had something to do. With it. However, they still won, and therefore, if good teams find a way to win. Therefore, Wisconsin found their way to hang on, and LSU committed too many mistakes. Uh, I can see why you have them in the top ten. I don't agree with you. I think you're buying into the hype just a tad early. I might have hopped onto the Badger, the Badger bandwagon, but they're they're a little bit worth it. Um. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people come later on in the season, and they're going to be a forced, a force to reckon with. I think we had a strong first half of the show, but this uh, will close out our show. I think we still fell some into things. A hole. I think we did fall into a hole later at the end. We have some things to clean up, but we thank you for being aboard with us. I'm Stephen Oshansky. That's I'm Casey, Casey Harrison. Harrison. Um, be sure to check us out on SoundCloud. We have an iTunes feed now. So you can listen to us on the go. Um, be sure to tell your friends, tell your family, tell your pets, your loved ones, your coworkers, tell anybody. Well, hopefully we'll just continue to improve each week. Thanks you for turn- We thanks you for turning in. Wow, I have great grammar for a journalist. We thank you for turning in. I'm Stephen Oshansky. That's Casey Harrison. See you on Friday.